Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, where you can learn everything you need to know about sustainable and ESG investing from leaders in the field. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. Today's podcast guest believes there is a key question that every true business owner must constantly ask themselves. Is it my time? Vanessa Zamey is the founder of Your Visions Catalyst and a sustainable business growth strategist. She has been featured on Fast Company and NPR Marketplace. As a keynote speaker, she enjoys delivering actionable tips to business owners that make burnout a thing of the past. Today, we're going to discuss common mistakes that sustainable finance practitioners make when trying to get their target market interested in a new analytics tool, a thought leadership blog, a podcast platform, I should listen to that one, or an investment policy strategy. Vanessa and I were both guest speakers at the Financial Planning Association National Conference last December in Seattle. Hello, Vanessa, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. We're very glad that you could join us today, and we're going to jump right in here with our first question. Vanessa, what are some common mistakes that sustainability and ESG-focused investment advisors make when offering new ideas and strategies to their clients and prospects? That is such a great question, Paul. So I'll say two common mistakes. One is staying in the bubble, and then two is not focusing on spreading the sustainability message itself. And so when I say staying in the bubble, what that means is that marketing sales is very important. And so what happens with a lot of advisors is that they'll you know, share these ideas with that client that came in today to the office or you know, that they had that phone call with. But what happens is that in business, marketing and sales is very important. It's crucial for people to know and understand you. And so it's not just focusing on your clients, but also helping to ensure that your leads and your prospects and people who don't even know about you, right, also know that you know what you're talking about. Which gets me to the second point where another a second mistake that is made is that instead of spreading the sustainability message, the advisor is spreading their products or their, you know, specific, you know, action item that they recommend to their clients. And really what you also want to do is in order to create that fan base of people who are following you as the advisor is ensuring that you're spreading the sustainability message and you're sharing and spreading the fact that your company cares about it or you care about it if you're working for yourself as independent, but essentially ensuring that you're keeping that message and that you're attracting those people who care about that message of sustainability so that instead of feeling like you're, so then you're not feeling like you're, you know, sort of yelling out into the abyss. You're eventually at some point going to start sharing sustainability and people are going to say, yeah, I totally agree with you, right? Because I've been following you and I understand the message. So yes. Okay. All right. Now, recently, uh, Vanessa, actually over the last year or so, the misuse of ESG to promote and sell products through greenwashing has caught the attention of regulators and ESG naysayers. The news is full of stories, uh, at least the financial news is news of stories, full of stories about this every single day, practically. How can sustainable finance practitioners and company founders best navigate the negative outcry this is causing? 
Damn, Paul, all these great questions. Okay, so what I would say, <laughs> what I would say is when I think about this, I think of it as, you know, responding to bad PR ultimately. And the fact is, though, that yes, this is definitely happening and it's impacting what your leads, your prospects, and your clients are thinking and seeing and watching. And so it's definitely important and critical to address it because even if they're not telling you about it or asking you about it, it's going on in the back of their mind. So even if you try to share a product, then, you know, in the back of their mind, they're, they have all these objections that they may not be sharing with you. And so the way for you to be proactive and get ahead of this, because that's ultimately what we want to do, is be proactive and get ahead of ensuring what is your ultimate, like, statement, you know? So what is, whether it's your, your company itself or if you're a practitioner working for another company, ensuring what is it that you believe like do you there's certain parts of the greenwashing that you approve of or you disapprove of are you are there certain companies that you're saying no we, we don't work with them that's not our product da, 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 da. and so getting ahead to understand okay where do you fit in this conversation and then two ensuring that you are well not panicking <laughs> so ensuring that you're not panicking and why do I say that? Because a lot of times when all this negative outcry is happening, we see in the financial industry, right? Someone says, oh my God, this company's going bad and everyone just pulls out the investment. And so even when it comes to this in terms of bad PR, you want to ensure that you're not panicking so you can make the most effective decisions for your business or for your client base so that you can ensure that you are navigating the negative outcry as best as you can. But ultimately, the first step is really understanding where do you stand in this conversation because you need to have a stance so that because someone's going to talk ask you about it or they're not going to ask you about it but they're going to have it in the back of their mind so ensuring that you have a stance and you have an opinion because then when you're confident about that then you can share that with your leads prospects and clients even before they even ask and no one loves a proactive financial advisor i'm sorry everyone loves a proactive financial advisor right uh so no one loves a non-proactive financial advisor but everyone loves a proactive financial advisor yeah, so you know, I, that is so true. I'm recalling my days as a practitioner and having that stance that I took and was firm in and the focus that it brought to the relationships that I had with clients, it deepened those relationships, it influenced the way people thought about what I was recommending to them and often it turned into referrals uh, especially in times of controversy so this is this it, it's right on the mark in terms of what you're suggesting and again it's very important for financial advisor practitioners and other people in the especially in the sustainable investment industry to stay focused in this way so thanks for that thanks for sharing that your thoughts on that. Now, I also want you to share your thoughts as a financial consumer and growth strategist on how sustainability-focused advisors can recalibrate in the midst of predictions of the death of ESG integration, which, uh, you know, um, lots of naysayers are out there uh, pounding the table to have money pulled out of pension funds and that sort of thing. Uh, so with all of these predictions swirling around out there, uh, how do sustainability-focused advisors recalibrate? Two things come to mind here. So the first thing is that we see this in trends all the time. Yeah. You know, like we see, it's just, everyone's all positive about it. And then something happens and people start getting negative and then, oh my God, oh my God, ah, the world's going to end. And then someone's going to come back and say it's positive. 
And so it's just like the, the economy. It sort of goes in these ways and these lengths. And so the reason why I bring that up is because how a financial consumer and a growth st- or a sustainably focused financial advisor can calibrate in the midst of predictions of this death is to understand that it's it's a sign, well, in the, in the business world, it's a sign that you're actually making a mark yeah. <laughs> because you have naysayers. You have people who are against this quote unquote or who want it to die that means that there is a mark that you're making i think it was similar to cryptocurrency and blockchain and all that jazz right there were naysayers there's always naysayers oh my god it's gonna crash soon like you shouldn't do it that was 10 years ago oh my goodness it's terrible it's terrible every single year you hear it and yet here it still is and then you have the other conversation that says that it's spreading and so what i would say is similar to the fact that there are people who are naysaying it. There are also people who are fighting for it. And so as long as you still have people fighting for it, then it's not necessarily going to die. And it's just a matter of ensuring that if you want to be part of the conversation that helps it live, then be part of that conversation and help it live. Do the work that you need to do with what we talked about earlier in this podcast. Do that effort to ensure that you're spreading that message and that you are standing for something. And hey, but hey, if you want it to die, then... Advocate for that too, you know? <laughs> I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, that's not the case. But hey, you never know. So the point being that you want to just remember that trends, there's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be people who speak great about it. The naysayers, the fact that you have naysayers means that it's actually gaining storm in the industry and in the market. And so use that as a sign for good that's to come. You know, that's exactly what I've been telling my colleagues and associates and and people that I know within sustainable finance today is that the harder the push comes from the other side of the of the discussion the more it means you have arrived in the mainstream so stay focused keep going the way you're going and make sure that the people that you're working with and and the clients that you have are tuned into your perspective about the clarity and focus for ongoing work in the future uh and i I couldn't agree with you more on that one that's uh that's that's right on the mark here so vanessa there will always be successes failures and volatility during periods of economic and technological transition and the urgency today for credible decarbonization strategies is no exception. So how can financial advisors focus their messaging to clients on the long-term value creation of this type of transition in times of market and economic flux like we're going through this year? Very great question. What I was to say here is that just reminds me of this the usual financial discussion, the long-term value creation, right? It's that your clients and your prospects are thinking about, oh my gosh, this money needs to grow every single day, every single year, et cetera. And then something bad happens in the economy and they're saying, do I need to pull out? Do I need to pull out? Do I need to pull out? And so it's there's always a push and pull of the advisor saying, think long-term and the consumer saying, no. <laughs> and... But I would say here, when it comes to decarbonization strategies and even just other technological changes and economics that are happening, the key point here is addressing this in the very beginning. When I say address this in, address this in the very beginning, when that person initially becomes a client, 
start having that conversation. When they become a lead, even before they become a client, they're just talking to you and you're not, you're not sure where it's going to lead to. Start having those discussions and kind of putting in those teasers, not sorry, teasers in the sense of anything bad, but just reminding people that this is a long-term game. They're entering the market, like especially those things about retirement. This is not a, oh, I'm going to put my money in the stock market and I'm going to retire next year. It's definitely a long-term gain of long-term value creation, so to speak. And that's what the financial game is ultimately. And so the point being is that you want to start having those discussions with people, even when they're a lead, even when they're a prospect, and even when they first become a client, because when you have that, once you sort of, you're trying to influence their thinking, their mindset. And so it takes time to, you know, what do you call it? Stabilize a great habit. (laughs) So it takes time to get that thoughts in their mind that this is all long-term. And your role as a financial advisor, think of it as you're helping your consumers and your clients be the best that they can be. And part of being the best they can be is understanding that this is a long-term game. This is not a quick fix, pull in, pull out immediately type of situation. This is not the financial game. No, 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 no. And so it's not any game really, but definitely the financial game is one of those things where they need to be thinking about long-term no matter what the, no matter what's happening in the market, that is the conversation. And so the way you focus your messaging is definitely starting out in the beginning. As soon as you start having those conversations with them, just being honest with them and being open with them. Like, hey, you may not see 10% returns in the next month. It may take you a couple of years, you know, and these things that you're investing in when it comes to decarbonization, yes, you care about the environment, but people are just starting to come up on that. I mean, it was in the U.S. at least, I know you have global audience, but in the U.S. at least, there was what the person who was running Al Gore, who's running for president, right? 20 years ago, 20 years ago, he was already screaming about, you know, climate change and global warming and all this other stuff. Were people listening as much as they are now? No. And so essentially it's all a long-term situation, but understanding that right now, at least the conversation is a little bit more elevated and enhanced. And there are a lot more people in the conversation, even the next generation. We talk about Gen Z, like they're definitely in the conversation. I'm a professor at Portland State University School of Business and the students in my class who are in their early twenties, they're thinking about global warming and climate. Like they are just having those discussions to them. They think it is something, decarbonization is a must. Like they're like, yes, it's mandatory, like in their com- in their minds. And so think about generation, right? The generation is 10 to 20 years. Well, tech age, that might change. But point being that it is a long-term game. And so for financial advisors, you definitely want to ensure that your clients understand that, but also give them the hope that, hey, we've come a long way already. So it's only going to get quicker and faster when it comes down to it. You know, that's a very good uh, last point that you're making, Vanessa, because um, I've, I've spent about 30 years in the industry now. And one of the things that I'm starting to see among the financial advisors who look like me, have gray hair and are thinking about uh, their own transition out uh, of their role at some point, is that historically many of them, I would say even most of them, have not been using more sustainability-focused investment strategies for their clients. And so what they're needing to do today is find a way to integrate that into their practices. And you just mentioned one aspect of that is to integrate new younger advisors who have grown up 
with this mindset about sustainability and ESG focus in their portfolio strategies. And at the same time, we're, we've got a huge wealth transfer between generations that's still in the very early stages of getting started. And one of the things that senior financial advisors do not want to do is leave that conversation completely to the next generation because clients are going to move their money and go someplace where they can get the sustainability focus that they're looking for. And I can promise you that the younger generations of wealth builders in our society are already influencing their seniors related to making these kinds of changes in their portfolio strategies. So let's Absolutely. talk. Yeah, let's talk next about savvy investors because we know that they understand that value added ESG strategies need to demonstrate detailed goal alignment. That's the way it is with all successful investment strategies over time. So what goals are most important from your point of view as an investor over the next three years in terms of what you would like to see in sustainable asset management? For me, the first goal that comes to mind in terms of sustainable asset management is to one, have it. Okay. So that's the first the first goal. Let's have it. And the second goal, though, would be to ensure that that I'm I'm the type of person who likes to do the research, not do the research, at least have the research done mm -hmm. for me, at least, and to be able to review that. And so I like to make decisions with some thoughts, not necessarily just go into it. So I like to make decisions with some thoughts. And so because of that. For me, it's a goal of mine is to ensure that I'm have more Paul Ellis's around me, I guess, of uh, people who are experts in the space who can share more about what's happening so that I can be best informed and ensuring that I'm uh, more aware of either companies that are coming up or sort of trends that are gaining more heat, so to speak. And so that's the second thing. The third goal is it connects to the uh, the second one of having more Paul Ellis's around me, I guess, more people who are experts in okay. sustainable realm. But the third goal is to ensure, like for me, I do still believe in diversification, right? I believe still, so yes, having the, uh, and that's a little bit part of sustainable asset management as well too, but having, yes, uh, these ESG-centered, you know, strategies, but at the same time, ensuring that I'm still diversified in other areas. So I don't want my complete portfolio to be all sustainability and all ESG and still ensuring that there's still some level of diversification when it comes to either international versus domestic or when it comes to just industries as well, too. So, Yes, Vanessa, that's very true. Traditional portfolio strategies are still so important as we continue to build into this transition, this decarbonization transition, at least energy-wise in, in the global economy. But it's certainly not a period of time where people can take all of their money and put it into the, the sustainability-focused strategies, as you're suggesting, because that's not where a lot of the value, the stored value in the marketplace is at the, at the moment. So that's something to be very careful about, and, and both consumers and advisors should make sure that they're having the complete conversation, as you're suggesting. So thanks for that 
perspective for, from, from your point of view. And Vanessa, where now online can our followers learn more about your visions catalyst? And how can they reach you with questions about the issues that we've discussed in today's podcast program? Because clearly you're not just an advisor to financial uh, advisory folks. There's a lot of other people that, that you work with. So tell us where they can get in touch with you to have a discussion. Yeah, so the best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Search my name, Vanessa Zami. And so, yes, as Paul's mentioning, I connect with all other types of many businesses. A lot of them are brick and mortars and retail, food spaces. I also work with consultants as well, too, and advisors. So always happy to answer a question, get on the phone. And so you're welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just search Vanessa Zami. And if you're not able to find it, just Google.com and put in Vanessa Zami and you will find something somewhere to reach me. Uh, so I have a YouTube channel as well, too. Okay, great. Well, thanks again to Vanessa Zami. And by the way, Vanessa spells her last name Z-A-M-Y. She is the founder of your Visions Catalyst. And to our listeners, join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, and this is the Sustainable Finance Podcast. Sustainable.